Welcome back to the Father-Daughter Book Club. I am the daughter, Kalia. And I am the father, Chris. And today we will be doing part two of the book Counting by Sevens by Holly Goldberg Sloan. And remember, we will be discussing intimate details of the book. So if you haven't read it yet, please pause this podcast right now. Go finish reading and then come back and join us. Today we'll be covering roughly chapters 11 through 30 in the book. We may go a little bit past that. So again, if you haven't read up to chapter 30, go back and read. That's right. Just to quickly kind of catch us up to where we left off last time, at the end of chapter 10, Willow and Mai and Kwong Ha and Del Duke were searching for the lost cat Cheddar. They weren't able to find him. And that's kind of where we left off. And they dropped um, Willow off to her house. They were dropping Willow off to her house. That's right. So the next several chapters talks about Mai and Willow. And actually, Kalia, I have a couple of questions for you about this. Okay. How do you think Willow's interest in Mai helps Willow grow as a person? Well, I think it's because she felt like Mai was very mysterious and she wanted to learn how to speak Vietnamese for her. This is the one of the few and... other kids that Willow actually thinks is interesting, yeah. right? And so she wants to forge a stronger relationship with her. And so she, she learns as much about Vietnamese culture as she can. Mm -hmm. She tries to learn the language. She so does she, learn the language. She does learn the language. In like a week. Right. And one of the other things that happens is, that I thought was very important Willow decided that she wanted to get to know Mai better. And in order to do that, she had to show up at her appointment early. early. So what does she do? She calls a, a cab. She calls a taxi. And the taxi driver, which was like, um, his name was... His name is Jairo Hernandez. Yes. Jairo Hernandez. And she had paid for the taxi all by herself, and she felt so proud. And she told the taxi driver, Jairo, never give up. Right, but she, and she says about herself that she's becoming an, an explorer and a risk taker. So this is all because of her, her desire to become closer to Mai. Yes. Um, and then, again, over the next few chapters, we learn more about their relationship and how they become close um, because Willow's able to speak to her in Vietnamese, they, you know, she talks to Maya about her garden. Yeah. And then it's, the book kind of catches up to where we left off at the very beginning in the very first chapter. So it catches up to present time because this, this entire time, she remember we flashed back about two months. And yeah. so we, we we're all caught up now and we're placed back into the scene where Willow learns that her parents Died, died in a in car, car crash. crash. And, and just something to say, she found out because her mother had a tumor. And that she... Well, Willow actually never learned that her, her mom had the tumor. Her mom learned that she had oh, a tumor. Yeah. And it was in the car ride, I think, to another appointment yeah. that the accident happened. Mm -hmm. So, of course, Willow 
is shocked about this news. She's very numb. Um, she, I, I'll say, feels so much grief. So much grief, and I'll say she experiences uh, what I call vast emotional emptiness, where she just doesn't know what to do next. It's like every, like the only two people who she felt like she could get along with, they are now dead. So she just feels empty and like she can't do anything. That's right. And the police officers and Dale Duke, they're trying to figure out what's going to happen to Willow because they're learning that she has no next of kin. There's no um, relatives that can look after her. Except for her grandmother. But her grandmother's not able to look after her because she has dementia. And she stays in a home. So there really are no other family members or, or close family friends. And so what does Mai do to, so, to help resolve this situation? She... When she went into Willow's room, she went into Willow's room, and she saw Willow's book about, like, Vietnamese culture, and she knew that she had to take her with her because she had tried to become close with Mai, and she knew that I can't just let this happen to her. I need to do something about it. Yeah, I think we learn a lot more about the type of person Mai is at this point. We know that she's very protective as she had come to protect her brother and, you know, in the first scene that we meet her, right? So here's another example of how protective Mai is and how close that she's come to Willow in such a short amount of time. She convinces the officers that she's known Willow for years. Um, Not just a matter of weeks. Even though just a few weeks. So she tells a little bit of a lie here, saying that she's known Willow for, for weeks. We're going to come back, circle back around to this, because I, there are a couple of instances of lying that I want to ask you about and see how you feel about them. Okay. So Mai lies to the officers about how long she's known Willow. Yes. So they take them, the officers and Del Duke take the kids over to the nail salon where um, Mai's mom works, or she, the nail salon that she owns. And she lives there. And we learn that we learn that they all live there. My, her brother and her mother live in the garage behind the salon. That's going to be important, an important factoid later on. Um, So they, my and Kwang Ha rush in and they tell their mother everything that happened. Kwang Ha saying, you know, my lied, my lied about this. And my is, it's not important that I lied. What's important is that there's a girl out there who who needs us and so patty at first is confused and doesn't know what happened and once she learns a little bit more about the story i'm sorry i said patty but we didn't introduce patty patty when patty when is my and kwang ha's mother yes um she was uh, born in vietnam and she's half vietnamese and half black yeah she moved to the states uh, uh, uh a long time ago, so she's been here for a while, and her kids have grown up here. And At we... least over 20 years she's been here. Right, right. So that's a little bit about Patty's background. Patty agrees to take Willow in for the night. She signs an agreement that says that she has 24-hour custody over Willow, um, kind of as the... Guardian. Guardian. Legal that's right. guardian. So she kind of goes along with the lie at this point. So again, I wanted she to. She feels so much grief for. She has so uh, grief and compassion. She kind of recognized something in herself and in Willow, yeah. and she flashes back to 
other kids that she knew in Vietnam who ended up having to grow up without parents. And so she immediately, when she saw Willow, she just reached out her arms. Yeah, she gives Willow a big hug. Um, so yeah, what do you think about both Mai and Patty continuing this ruse that Willow is a long lost, is a long family friend? I don't really feel any particular way about it. Um, what this shows is that they're very compassionate, caring people, and that they care about the people who need them. And even if they have to bend the truth a little bit, they still want the best for everyone. And that's really amazing, kind of, that, like, even though they've never met this child, or they've only known her for a few weeks, they still feel so compassionate to take her in for 24 hours. And even more, as we learn eventually, the next thing that happens is that the next day, you know, the social services comes to yeah. take Willow, and they take her to the Jameson's Children's Center, which is where, you know, kids can go and, and stay and have shelter. Um, Willow immediately feels uncomfortable there. She notices that every single door locks on both sides. She notices that there are security cameras in every room, so everybody's being watched. And she feels out of place. She's not a delinquent. She doesn't need double locking doors and security cameras, and she feels just completely uncomfortable and out of place at the Jameson's Children's Center. So she decides to run away. And where does she go? Yeah, where does she go? The library. Why do you think she went to the library? Because that's where she feels so much comfort. She loves to read, so she got a taxi and ran away to the library because she feels comfort in books and reading. That's right. She calls the taxi again, and now she's ridden in the taxi a few times with Hiro, and they're starting to develop their own type of friendship. Hiro feels that Willow must be some sort of angel. Shaman. Shaman, right, because Willow diagnosed the mole on the back of his neck and encouraged him to never give, never up. give up and so Hiro is starting to feel that Willow is some sort of angel or some she, that she's amazing yeah she's just an amazing person and so they're develop, developing their relationship Hiro takes her to the library and, and she stays there um, I think another one of the reasons that she goes to the library is because the place that she normally would feel comfortable in her home is not a place that she feels comfortable in anymore. In fact, she says to the social social services worker that she never wants to go back there again and gives her a list of all the things that she wants to take out of the house, but she doesn't want to go back there and do it herself. Because uh, that was the place where her parents lived and where she lived. Yeah, it's very... And now her parents are dead. It's very hard for her to go back there. Understandably so. And she doesn't feel comfortable at the nail salon completely yet because obviously she just met Patty. Um, she's known Mai, Mai and Kwang Ha for a little while, but they live in a, in this small garage and there's not that much room for her there. So she doesn't feel completely comfortable there yet. And so she goes to the next place that can bring her comfort and that's the library. Fortunately, they find her because Mai, despite only knowing her for a couple of weeks, figures out that that's where she would go. So they find her, and they realize that if 
they send Willow back to the children's center, she's going to run away again. So they hatch another plan. Yeah. In order to keep Willow with them, they tell social services that the Nguyen's actually live in this in the complex that Dale Duke lives at. They give that address. Dell at this point doesn't fully understand why they want to use his address. Because he doesn't know where they live. Because he doesn't know where they live. But Patty knows that if she reveals that they live in the garage, that they won't let Willow stay with them. So they use Dell's address. They convince Dell that anytime that the social worker needs to come drop by for a home visit, that they'll come by and make it look like they live there and it'll just be temporary. She said that all of this is temporary. All of this is temporary. So they've kind of worked out this situation where Willow will stay with the Nguyen's. She's still going to have her weekly sessions with Dell. Dell is... She doesn't go to school. She doesn't go to school. Again, that's another place she doesn't feel comfortable at. They've agreed that she doesn't have to go to school so long as Dell homeschools her. And we know that Dell's not going to homeschool her. Because she already knows so much. She knows so much. So they've, they've got this arrangement. And again, I, I know that this stuff is very difficult to discuss yeah. because it's so tragic. So we don't want to go into too much of the details here. Um, just know that Willow and the people around her are trying to figure out the best way to take care of her. Mm-hmm. So I do want to ask you a couple of questions, though, Kalia. Okay. Um, well, I asked you about the lies already. Yes. Um. What do you think of Patty so far? She's a new character that got introduced in these chapters. And so did Hyro. And Hyro. So what do you think of the new characters? Well, I kind of feel like Patty is very nice and kind to Willow. But she doesn't really, even though she doesn't know her, she feels like she needs to take care of her. Even though she doesn't know who she is. And I, but I also had a question. Okay. Why did Patty go along with Mai's lie? I think, much like you said, she's just a kind-hearted, compassionate person. And she feels for Willow. Um, One of the things that we kind of skipped over is that Willow, in her friendship with Mai, as as their relationship grows, she expresses to Mai, hey, you're my best friend. Mm -hmm. And she realizes immediately that that might be something weird to say to somebody you've only known for a few weeks. So she covers it up by saying, well, you're kind of my only friend. So that by default makes you my best friend. Mm -hmm. And so Willow, they do a a good job of, I shouldn't say they, but Holly Goldberg Sloan paints this picture that Willow is a lonesome figure now that her parents are gone. She, She doesn't have any other family. She doesn't have any other friends. Except for Mai. And I think Patty realizes that. And when you see someone in need, particularly a child, Patty is a caretaker. And so she wants to look after her. She wants to make sure that Willow is taken care of, despite all of the things that she might say. She might continually say, oh, this is temporary. We're just going to try really hard to find the right place for you. You're going to stay with us until we can find the right place for you. Ultimately, I may be wrong about this. I think she wants to. I think she wants her to stay with her. I think Patty will eventually fully accept and welcome Willow into her home, and she'll become part of their family. That's just yeah, the type I of person so that Patty seems to be. She just 
she puts on this exterior that oh it's all temporary but the the lengths that she goes to in order to take care of willow um i don't think she's going to let her go neither do i and i think honestly that she's going to fully become her legal guardian yeah i think so too and she might like form a partnership with Dell or Hiro about it, like to form a partnership of. Dell is an interesting person. I yeah. haven't quite figured out his motivations. Um, there are points in this book where you can tell he's just lost, doesn't know what to do. Mai realizes early on that he's not very good at his job. He's not a natural. Um, in one of his sessions with Willow, he starts asking her some really weird questions about business and the stock market and things like that. What 12-year-old would answer that type of question? Right, but it seems that Dell might be trying to take advantage of Willow's genius. He knows that she's a genius, and so he's trying to figure out ways that he can take advantage of it. Like, maybe... Willow is a savant, and I can use her to make money in the stock market. I feel like, like I said, his motivations are kind of all over the place right now, and, and I'm not sure um, where that's going to lead him and, and how involved he'll continue to be with Willow, if he'll be kind of a friend or if he'll be someone who maybe hurts her in the end. I don't know yet. It's kind of very hard for me to read. I, can, yeah. I read Patty's motivations very clearly. Easily. Yeah, but Del... I don't know. He's he's a little tricky. And Hiro, we've just met him. We don't know too much about him yet, but I think he's definitely going to be helpful to Willow in the future. And Uh, I think that Patty and Hiro might like combine together to take care of Willow. You think so? Like combine forces to take care of Willow. Yeah, Hiro. They they don't get too deep into his backstory, but we know he's a taxi driver. And that he supposedly it, it, took that job been, as a temporary yeah. until he could do something more substantial. But he's been driving for years now. And Seven, so, so it, he's, he's just kind of going on in life and not really, you know, making much of himself. And I yeah. think Willow is going to be the instigator, the person who gets him to fulfill more of his potential. Because, like you said, he said that Willow was like an angel or a shaman. Right. And... I think he's going to go back to school or to, because Willow, I feel like he wants to learn more. So I think he wants to go back to school. I think so. Yeah. I think he will. Yeah. He will. That seems like as good a time as any to take a break. Please remember to subscribe to us in iTunes if you haven't already or Google Play or whatever your favorite podcasting app is. Subscribe to us there. Leave us a review. We enjoy doing this podcast and we'd like to hear from you to know what you think. So thank you and we'll continue on with the show now. Another question that I have, I want to talk a little bit about how this tragedy has affected Willow. Um, she's very deeply grieved. Right. She's obviously grieving. Um, how How is Willow immediately changed by the tragedy? How does her personality change? She cannot count by sevens anymore. That's right. There is a connection that I made, though. Willow's favorite color is red. 
And Patty says that red is the lucky color. And they That's both have right. the share for red. So that kind of gives them more of a connection. And so maybe since she loves the color red, something will push out. Like Patty says, it's good luck. Red means good luck. So maybe. I think that is a very astute observation, Kalia. What does astute mean? Astute means you're very sharp to have noticed <laughs> something like that. I didn't even pick up on it until just you just mentioned it right now. I think culturally, I don't know too much about Vietnamese culture, but I think culturally red is a lucky color. Mm-hmm. And that's why... Like in Asian cultures. That's why Patty says that she wishes every color in her salon, every nail color would be a different shade of red. She stocks the other colors just because the customers want, want them. We also know that Willow's favorite color is red. So the connection there, I think... It's a symbol that Willow is going to be good luck for her, for Patty's family. I sort of get what you're saying, but not fully. So people look for omens in life. We've mentioned already that Hiro is feeling that Willow is potentially an angel for him. That's an omen. And with Patty and the Nguyen family, the omen is not as evident Mm -hmm. but i think holly goldberg sloan is dropping these clues patty has very superstitious about the color red Mm -hmm. willow her favorite color is red her pajamas are red her hat's red and so those things are working together to um, represent that willow will become an omen for the Nguyen family oh okay i get it now Okay. I think that's what's happening. Yeah. And that, like I said, again, a very astute uh, observation. So we talked about how Willow doesn't count by sevens anymore. Another thing that she doesn't do is she doesn't care to diagnose or discuss medical, medical conditions anymore. anymore. Even though she, she... She still loves plants, but she doesn't really want to discuss right. medical conditions anymore. Right, even though the she's still personality. Even Your though favorite she, color is still red though. Even though she still notices, oh, this person walks a certain way, so that might mean they have lower back pain. Oh, and also she said that she has this sort of thing where she can't swallow and she says that there might be a third type of that She has a hard condition. time swallowing, especially directly after finding out um it's kind of this grief again hollow empty feeling so she has has a hard time eating i think basically she's saying she's lost her appetite oh um and she feels like there's might be a third type of that um yeah there's there's a medical term for what it means when you have a hard time swallowing and she says well her hard time swallowing is probably emotional as opposed to these other physical things she thinks that there's a third emotional yeah exactly um i wanted to point out this realization that willow had that i think is very important on page 110 again this is again just after she finds out about her parents she says the tears will not stop and i almost never cry but i'm not myself i will forever be someone else now yes and that's why i brought up this point about how how has willow changed when something tragic like this happens represents such a big change in someone's life they're never the same again and willow realizes that right away she's not going to be the same person 
She's not going to maybe count by sevens anymore. She's not. I cannot count by sevens anymore on page 111. And she says, this has all been a big mistake. But the house is dark and no one is there. It is a house now of only ghosts. It is only a museum of the past. We are done. Yeah, her, her former life is over. You know, she's grieving. She's transitioning. You know, she becomes a different person. She was never a very outgoing person, but she retreats more into herself. She says that silence is the representation of her grief. People talk and she just listens. She doesn't say much. When the social services worker comes to talk to her, she doesn't say anything to her. She just hands her a note. Not only is she not counting by sevens or diagnosing people and discussing medical conditions anymore, but she's also much more quiet than she used to be. She was always quiet, but but then just she retreats further into her shell. And this is all normal. Believe it or not, all of these things that are happening to her after this tragedy, it's to be expected that she'll react and be a completely different person than she used to be. But despite the tragedy, I think that there are ways that we can still be hopeful what ways do you think uh, we can be hopeful for Willow well, I going forward? Well, I actually feel like the opposite of what you were saying about Willow. I kind mm. of feel like Patty and the Wind are an omen to Willow. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Because, okay. like, it's, so, it's such a coincidence that Patty and Willow have this favorite color. Patty and Willow have, she sees patty in willow she sees herself in willow and she feels like she has to take care of her and i feel like that's something that doesn't normally happen and that patty is an omen to willow i see that i can see it both ways i can see willow is a child in need right now and patty steps up and starts providing for her And certainly, she can represent a good omen for Willow. That's another way to look at it. And I I think that's absolutely correct. Um, Another ray of hope, ray of sunshine that I found, is the fact that despite having such a small number of friends, they all rally around her in one way or another. Even even Kwong Ha, who feels displaced, he's... He's still supportive in his own way. Although you might not seem, he might not seem supportive. I feel like that's just his outside shell. And that he's actually a kind-hearted person in the inside. He just hasn't showed it to anyone yet. Right. Both Dell, um, even though we're not completely sure of his motivations, he's still looking out for Willow. Yeah. Um, of course, Patty and Mai are there. And, you know, keep... kind of like keeps to himself, but he is very loud and he is a troublemaker. But I feel like that's just his outside shell. And I feel like he kind of feels displaced with Mai and Patty because he kind of feels like he's always the one being pushed around. So I feel like he's a very misunderstood character in that way because... I feel like maybe the reason why he's showing out is because he wants to show his anger that he's always 
being pushed around, and he doesn't want to be pushed around anymore. I think he's another character who's going to grow a lot yeah. during the course of this book between Willow, of course, who's going through her own transition, Dell, Hyro, we mentioned, and Kwong Ha. All of these characters are in transitional state in their lives right now, and they're all going to grow. The presence, despite all of the sadness that's happened in these chapters that were we read up to now, like I said, I think there's um, this beacon of hope despite all of this we see that these people are willing to go through great lengths to take care of willow we know that willow but she's is... a very loving person and she's that the people who she has are there for her we know that willow is rediscovering who she is as a person she's rebuilding her life rebuilding what family means like her family was destroyed but now she's kind of finding her way finding a new one and again it makes me really hopeful for the next you know, 30 chapters of this book or however many more chapters are left, I think um, we're headed for a happy ending. Yes. Yeah. Like you said in the first one, that she manages, that Willow manages to push through her grief, and she actually lives a quite happy life from here and on. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Patty and, like, all of these people in her life are drop are clues that holly gave to willow that she will push through and that she will have a happier life in the mm -hmm. end that's right so is there any other final thoughts that you had i do feel like everything happens for a reason and maybe it wasn't meant for her parents to be her parents maybe it was actually meant for patty and the ones to be her to be her family it could be but i don't know maybe that's why she is maybe that's why her parents died because everything happens for a reason so maybe patty was meant to be and to take care of willow and maybe it was just for a matter of time for her parents to be her parents yeah and that she would eventually die that they would eventually break up as a family i in think some way or other it's not necessarily about breaking up as a family if you believe that things happen for a reason and that there is a, a greater plan, then it's more about people fulfilling their mission in life. And once they fulfilled that mission, then it's okay that they move on. And then it, people move in and out of each other's lives in order to help them grow and help them be better people, help them fulfill their goals and their missions. And so we're you're seeing evidence of this weaving of lives. I mean, one of the things we learned, we talked about it, that Patty's, sorry, not Patty, but Willow's mom discovered she had cancer. And then rather than suffering through chemotherapy and radiation and maybe potentially surgery and all of the things that can happen as a result of cancer, she unfortunately passes away the same day in another in another manner. It kind of saves her from that. It saves her from some of the pain of cancer. And cancer is painful. Uh, so now Willow is... And again, Willow was put into their lives. You can say that she 
that was all happening for a reason because we know that her parents weren't able to have kids on their own. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to adopt and they adopted Willow and Willow was, you know, she helped, she helped com- get adopted but she and, and she helped complete that family unit. And so now she, Willow has kind of maybe fulfilled her purpose in their lives. And so she's moving on and perhaps other people can fulfill a person, a purpose in Willow's life. Yeah. And maybe she's also like, while the winds are serving a purpose for Willow, Willow could be serving a purpose for Hyro, and Hyro could serve a purpose for Patty. And like, so again, we're seeing all these things weave together. Yeah. And I think that will uh, do it for the, the book club today, Kalia. Yeah. It's, uh, we've had a very good discussion. It's a very good discussion. Uh, stuff that's very hard to talk about. This is a, a dark portion of this book. Yeah. Um, but I almost felt like I was going to cry while I was reading it. I did too. It was certainly emotional. But again, I feel hopeful about what's going to happen next. I do think that good things are coming for many of the characters in the book, and and most especially Willow. Yes. Thank you for joining us on the Father Daughter Book Club. Again, please subscribe to us at fatherdaughterbookclub.com. You can check us out on iTunes or Google Play or whatever your favorite podcast listening app is. Subscribe to us so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Thank you. Bye. Doom 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 do